this is Shannon from SIS, the number four, teachers.org. Thanks so much for joining us today for our recap on our MathMite show 309 and 310. We start off in kindergarten in episode 309 with the I can statement, I can solve word problems with both add-ins unknown. We warm up again with Professor Barbo looking at word problems using our kindergarten journal. We want to see if students can do a quick draw, fill in the 10 frame, complete a number bond, and finish a number sentence. Wow, that sounds like a lot, right? We take students through a step-by-step -step process on a very appropriate kindergarten level to prepare them for what they're going to be doing in first grade. In the main part of the show, we started looking at four different images created with linking cubes and two-sided counters and asking students which one doesn't belong. Javier and Miguel have a variety of different reasons why they see that each image might not belong. Some are just in one color, some have two colors, and some, the total is five, but in one it's six. Asking inquiry-based questions really helps students go deeper with images like this. Then we take a look at different ways of breaking apart six using different math tools to show the combinations. We have three and three, one and five, two and three, five and one, and then two and four. Next, it's time for a treat. Palatas are famous, popular frozen treats that are given in Mexico. I think they're actually pronounced paetas. They're a fun fruit that would be frozen and great to eat during the summer. They look a lot like a fruit bar that you might see in the frozen section of your grocery store. When we do story problems like this, we want kids to dive into the experience with the real world connection. In the story, Jada and her brother make six paetas. They made two different flavors, lime and coconut. How many of each flavor did they make? Hmm, that's kind of hard to answer here because there's a lot of different possibilities. They could have made five lime and one coconut, or they could have made one lime and five coconut, and so on. We want kids to do a quick draw for the problem to show a partition lined. So if we think that Jada and her brother made five lime paetas, we could draw five circles, then draw the partition line, and then show one more for the coconut one. We can even label these sets by being a little bit more specific. We practiced the same idea with another problem where we bought seven pomegranates. We put some on the shelf and the rest in the basket. How many are in the basket? As we draw circles to represent the fruit in two locations, we can add an SH for the shelf and a B for the basket. This is a problem that could help students understand the importance of drawing as they're doing word problems. When it's their turn, they're going to do an independent activity for students to be able to solve problems like we did in the show. And they're going to be given a scenario and have to figure out ways to come up with totals. They will have to break apart the numbers to come up with different combinations. As we move into episode 310, we do another Professor Fibril problem. This time we're doing a subtraction problem using the same process on the journal page. Students will act it out again on the math work mat, do the quick draw, use the 10 frame model, complete the number bond, and finish the finally finish that with the computation. The I can statement is I can solve word problems more than one way. Our first scenario is pretty juicy. We have freshly squeezed grapefruit and freshly squeezed orange juice and we have some pictures the students are going to use to draw on the word problem. What we what we have to decide is which picture matches our problem. It's one 
In one picture we see three orange juice and six cups of grapefruit. Another student shows seven orange juice cups and two grapefruits. The idea is we want to help kids to be able to work through the number nine as the total and see that both drawings match the story because we saw the total of nine different fruit juices. Once you have the total, we can look at different possible solutions for this. We could look at three orange juice and six grapefruit, which would be the equation six plus three plus six equals nine. We could also do seven orange juices with two grapefruits, which would be seven plus two equals nine. Showing the different combinations here really helps students to decompose and understand the number. Now it's snack time. We want to be able to have dates on the menu. Dates come from palm trees and sometimes people like to stuff them with different things. Andre and his older brother have eight dates to make into snacks. They stuff some of them with cheese and some of them with almonds. For this problem we make a chart that will end up showing the pattern. If we had seven dates stuffed with cheese and then one date stuffed with almonds or we could have six and two and five and three and four and four. Ultimately helping kids see the combinations can go side by side with creating a pattern. The extension activity is very similar just with pets who live in a cage versus a house. This will help students to be able to decompose numbers in lots of different ways so they can understand combinations really fluidly. Now moving on to first grade in episode 309, we're going to be doing a Professor Barble problem with non-proportional bars. Some frogs were in the pond. Three jumped out and now there's five frogs in the pond. How many frogs were in the pond at first? This kind of story problem can be really confusing just if you start to solve it. By following Professor Barbell's step-by-step process, students will be able to figure out what is he's actually asking. We have a sentence form and non-proportional unit bars on the journal page, and we want to start by leaving space for the students to fill in the information on, the on their own. The I can statement is I can add two-digit numbers with within 100. We start off with the problem 17 plus 36. We want students to show their thinking using drawings, numbers, and words, and in the show, we wonder together if there's more than one way that we can solve this problem. One student decides that they're going to use value pack by decomposing by place value, but another student points out that you could also use DC to decompose and compose to create the next decade. We go through different ways of solving two digits plus two digit numbers using the strategy of DC and looking at it with place value. We play a game called grab and add where students are going to be taking a handful of base 10 blocks. They have to determine how many cubes they have and how many cubes their partner has and how many they have all together. This really highlights the idea of value pack and being able to add tens and tens and then ones and ones. It's the student's turn at the end of the game to at the end of the show to be able to play it on their own. We want them to be able to find a missing number. They're going to add two different pieces of numbers to decide what com to complete the sentence of adding the two-digit numbers together correctly. In episode 310, we continue with Professor Barbell. This time, we're going to try to go in some of the scaffolds of some of the two-step problems we're learning, which is kind of difficult for first graders. Two snowflakes fell on Sam's mitten, and six fell on his coat. Nine of the snowflakes on Sam's mitten melted. How many snowflakes are left? 
left. Multi-step problems are often difficult for first graders, so Mrs. Markovich uses two non-proportional unit bars to help us walk through Professor Barbell's step-by-step model drawing process to solve the problem. The I can statement is I can add two-digit numbers by adding tens and tens and ones and ones. Jose shows off his work for 37 plus 26. He's showing base 10 blocks and how he can group the tens and the tens together and then group the ones together. We certainly have value pack. Talk about why this is a great way to solve. We go in depth really with the idea of value pack by showing how we can decompose numbers such as 28 plus 56, which can be decomposed into 20 plus 8 and 50 plus 6. Then we add the tens and then the ones. We love value pack for this concept and it's certainly important to use place value strips so students can understand it visually. Of course, the extension activity we're going to do is using value pack to solve addition problems by adding tens and tens and ones and ones. Now we're going to move into second grade 309 where Professor Barbel has a problem using comparison bars. Additive comparisons are awful, often very difficult for second graders. The key is to draw a line in for each character first kind of like a bar for you and a bar for me. Then we can start to figure out who has more or less. Using Professor Barbell's step-by-step process is a really integral way to help second grade master the concept of harder word problems. The I can statement is I can identify and describe solid shapes. This episode has a classic math might beginning. We show four different minute images and ask students our famous questions, what do you notice and what do you wonder? Some of the shapes in the images are flat and some of them are three-dimensional. Students notice things like the cube that's made up of a bunch of different squares or the T-shape is made up of six squares. They also wonder things like how many cubes will it take to make up the big cube? Well, this cube looks a lot like a Rubik's cube, so they have to wonder how many cubes or squares might they be, which might be a lot. Then we talk about the differences between different shapes and how they look alike and how they are different. In the main part of the show, we study attributes of different shapes, such as cubes, cones, spheres, cylinders, rectangular prisms, and pyramids. How many faces do they have? How many corners? Do they have equal sides? Does it roll? What does it remind you of? A cone looks like like a lot like a party hat. A cube looks like a box. A sphere looks like a baseball, and so on. Then we talk about what shape is missing. By listening to the attributes or listing the attributes of a shape, giving different descriptors, we can see if we can figure out the parts of what the shape is. Guess my 3D shape is up next where we have a flat shape that folds into a 3D shape and students have to visualize what it will create. For the extension activity students will match up 3D shapes. In show 310 we continue warming up with Professor Barbell again working on comparison bars. This is a really difficult concept but remember if you put in the bars at the starting point and take time to chunk and check, it really focuses in on what's being asked. This is a fun show where we're looking at decomposing and composing shapes. We present a picture to the students that is made of patterns and ask them, what do you notice and what do you wonder? Students might notice the different quadrilaterals and hexagons in the different pictures they're seeing. They end up looking at a butterfly made of hexagon patterns and ask the questions if they can re- recreate that shape with out using any hexagons. This helps students to be able to be creative to see ways that they can make a hexagon, such as a trapezoid, a rhombus, and a triangle. After that, we talk a lot about how different ways you can compose hexagons with the same pieces or multiple pieces. Then we look at things that are the same and different using just triangles and squares. 
and we work on composing three different shapes using two, three, or four shapes of the same shape. So you can make a hexagon, we use different shapes to create it, but now we can use three rhombuses to create something that looks like a hat, or you can put four small squares together to create a large square. We also talk a lot about being able to describe our shapes using the sentence stem. The blank is made up of blank blank. For example, the party hat is made up of three trapezoids. For the extension activities, students will describe the shapes that they're creating using the same shape. In episode 309 for third grade, we'll warm up again with Professor Barbel. One of his word problems that he has in this particular one involves more than one step. There are 12 tables in the cafeteria. Five students sit in the first 11 tables and three sit at the last table. How many students are sitting at the 12 tables in the cafeteria? Using Professor Barbell's step-by-step process will help students really think through what's being asked. To solve this problem, students can create multiple bars and do it in multiple steps. Or they can create one bar where they show the lunch tables and then have five students with one extra with three on the end. There are several ways you can solve it. Multi-steps such as multiplication and addition, or some kids could really do it with long addition if they wanted to. The I can statement is I can understand non-unit fractions. In the previous show, we talked about unit fractions are, but in this show, we're going to focus on non-unit fractions, which represents all the fractions that don't have one as the numerator. We see a square that's cut into four pieces. In the first image, one is shaded. In the next picture, two are shaded, and then three, and then four. What do you notice? What do you wonder? Students are wondering what's happening each time something is being shaded, and why one one of them is marked with three-fourths. This begins for them to examine the idea of non-unit fractions as we observe how many pieces are shaded, which is why the one is labeled three-fourths. When we look at lots of different things with different shaded pieces, we want students to really understand that the number of shaded pieces gives us information about the fraction, as does the size of each part. Together, these two pieces of information create the number that's represented. For example, we have a rectangle that's divided into thirds but two are shaded. So the number of shaded parts is two, the size of each part, going back to the idea of the unit fraction, is thirds, and the number and how we can represent that is two-thirds. We do several different activities and then play a fun game called Fraction Matchup, where students have to look at the non-unit fraction and try to decide if it corresponds with the image. For the extension activity, the students get to play Fraction Matchup with a friend. In episode 310, Professor Barbel has a pizza problem for us. Natalie orders five pizzas for dinner. Each pizza has eight slices. She and her friends ate 35 slices. How many slices are left? As we know, students in third grade really struggle with multi-step problems because we no longer can appeal and say, do I add or do I subtract? Because you actually need to both multiply and subtract. Using Professor Barbell's step-by-step process, which is a really a reading comprehension strategy for students, will help them really uncover what the PERD problem is asking. The I can statement is I can build fractions from unit fractions. Now we're talking about unit fractions and moving into non-unit fractions. So we want to be able to see if students can build a fraction 
just from that unit fraction. The beginning part of the show presents two things to start our inquiry. We ask students what is the size of the what is the size of the shaded part of the rectangle? Students see one rectangle and then another rectangle that's shaded an unmarked or unpartitioned. Here the students have to make an estimation and talk about what's too low, what's just right, or what's too high. How would they know that half would be too low? Because the bar is shaded further than half. And obviously the whole entire bar isn't shaded. So one would be too high. Maybe they could break it into ace and it might be just right around seven ace. We play a game called secret fraction where we have to stack unit fractions such as half, fourth, third, sixth, and eighth. Then we have to stack a s of fraction cards where we're going to be using non-unit fractions such as two-thirds or two-sixths. The idea is to see if you can build your unit, your secret fraction by the unit fraction cards. The first person to be able to compose and put together their three secret fraction cards wins. Finally, we have an example of putting this concept into a real sto story. We may not have gotten this into the show, but it's definitely on the PowerPoint if you're a member. A student walks four ace on the track and walks two thirds and a student so one student walks four ace, a student walks two thirds, and a student walks three fourths of this track. So using the story problem, how can we create unit bars to show this? Of course, this extension activity is for the students to play secret fraction. This ends the set of our shows that we've created. We've now done 16 shows for the grade level each so far. After we take a small break, we're gonna continue creating 48 more shows, 12 for each grade level starting up again April 3rd. I sure hope that you'll join us.